Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And uh, We're both exhausted. Yeah, it's been a... It's been a week for me, and I, I know for my own, I've been sick and had problems with allergies, and it's just kind of been a week. And yeah. I think you've been, you've had family emergencies, and yeah, my work. father father in law fell off a ladder yeah. and spent two weeks in the hospital. Yeah, so we just got him home yesterday. That's what my dad is not allowed on the ladder. Now he doesn't believe oh, it. He does not believe it in the slides. No, nobody knew it. My mother-in-law knew he was out in the yard working. Mm-hmm. She had no idea that he'd gotten a ladder out, yeah. was out working I on know. a ladder. So, we were working, yeah. I don't know, a little while back in you know, the, the house that we were remodeling. And I turned around and Dad was up on the ladder. And I was like, get off of there now. I mean, I was, I was treating him like my kid. Yeah. You know, just get now, 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 now. You know, just like, <laughs> and then he almost fell getting off the ladder. So I was like, and that's why yeah. that right there is why. Okay. It's <laughs> yeah. So, and my wife is, my wife is legitimately at home trying to get some rest. And that's one of the reasons I think uh, I, I was told I could record. You could come and record. Yeah. yeah. So, because it would get me out of the house. Well, you know, I told you that we could do it later in the week if yeah. we needed to because uh, my son's in Florida right now. Well, and, it's um, just with with it being 4th of July weekend. Yeah, I understand just, that. Yeah, <laughs> Which, when this goes live, will be another week away. So. <laughs> Which, it, it's going to be rough uh, because we literally, I literally have to get up and go into work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then I get a day off. Day off. And yeah. then I have to get up and go into work on Wednesday. I'm off the next two days because uh, you I chose again, to. No, my dad <laughs> has got to have um, surgery on his cataract. Oh no! Out, outpatient. Deal, okay. You know, so I have to take him. And is he going to Loden? Uh no, no, that's a whole other story. Oh, uh, he found a new. Dad severed his ties with Loden Vision Center in. I think it was last year in, in like early spring 2022 or about late spring 2022 whenever yeah. he went walking in there and they told him he had to wear a mask to come in and he told them oh. that he wasn't going to do it and okay. <laughs> walked walk right back out and said, I got to go find a new eye doctor. So it's, <laughs> which even I was like, we're two years beyond this now. Look, come on. This is kind of ridiculous, you know, but I was just like, all right, that's okay. You know, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, that, so he's got to have that surgery. And of course he was like, well, I can drive home. The doctor's like, no, you, you are can't. not driving yourself to and from the surgery. I'm you can't. sorry. Again, it's my dad. Okay. My You're dad basically just, blind after know, that surgery. I know. And I've been trying to tell him that, but he can get through his thick skull. If anybody out there is wondering where I get my stubbornness from, I get it directly from my father who got it directly from my grandmother. So it is, it is a family tradition and my kid is just about the same. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that is my wife's family also and she got it honestly from both her mom and yeah, her dad yeah oh, i i definitely got and it i told both of them the about well. it yesterday while we were getting him settled back in at the house i was like you got a double helping i know i know it's uh <laughs> i was like you cannot fight with your daughter and mm-hmm. my mother-in-law is like why i go because mm-hmm. you're stubborn yeah and she goes well so what i go your 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 husband is stubborn mm-hmm. uh-huh. so that means my wife your daughter got double helpings of stubbornness which means you cannot out stubborn her because she's got a double helping from both of you right well my she she outnumbers you right now my parents really got a you know a kick out of my son whenever he you know started talking back and you know getting yeah. an attitude and stuff 
And, you know, dad really got a, you know, like the first time that he saw it happen, he was just sitting there chuckling. I looked at him and was like, I don't know why you're laughing because he gets it from you. So it's <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I get mine from you and he gets it from you also. Yep. So it's. <laughs> yep. So I guess tell him, uh, you know, end, Boom, end of the school year. Boomers can give up. Oh, we know, know how to I turn know. it right back around in, on them. End of the school year, my son, you know, getting all the talking to the teachers and everything. They're like, oh, you know, he's such a he's such a good kid, and you know, he's always like really good, with like, helping you know helping people out with stuff. And, you know, he's really he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, and he's he's so great about reminding people about the rules and everything. I'm like, that's not my kid. <laughs> so he's, and his teacher's like, what? I'm like, I did not raise a rule follower. I'm sorry. That is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the teenage years are looming, so I'm sure that will change. That's but gonna, I'm just you like, better knock on some man, wood because that's going to come. Back I better not have here. raised a rule follower because it just talking about breaking my heart, man. It just <laughs> well, they say your kids become what you did. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know. So <laughs> now that we have uh, talked around everything except what we're actually here to talk about, um, 1982. Okay, so we we decided. I, I posed this this topic a while back. Like, yeah, and, uh, it's been a little bit. We talked about it because it was one of those things that, you know, Michael Jackson's Thriller album was released in late November of, of 1982, but it blew up in 83. Yeah. Like that was, the, 1983 was the year of Michael Jackson when it came to, to 83, music. 84. Well, 84 or, was Prince because Purple Rain uh, took over everything. Yeah, but year. Prince was competing directly with... Michael Jackson. Not really. Yeah. Not really, because, uh, and we'll talk about that, okay? But it's also, and I've talked about this, we talked about it in our last episode, even talking about, you know, like songs that remind us of, you know, summertime, you yeah. know, like everything. And I brought up Michael Jackson's Beat It, you know, about the, about the, um, the Florida trip that I took when I was nine years yeah. old, which yeah. is really funny that we're talking about this. And my son is actually in Panama City right now, you know, and he's the same age I was back then, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this this album for me, I had listened to pop music prior to this, you know, to, to you know top forty and you know whatever and that kind of stuff. But the vast majority of mine, like we said in the last episode, was country and gospel and you know oldies music and that kind of stuff. This was the hey kid, there's a whole other world out there yeah. of stuff, you know? And it was November 29th. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I said right, late November. Right before Christmas. Right, I said late November. Um, and we'll get into all that stuff because looking at some of the, the releases on this is really interesting. I never, okay, I've said this before as well, but I want to get kind of get into the story. Yeah. I never owned a copy of Thriller until I was in my 40s. Really? No. When all that got huge, you know, it was one of the, I, and I want to say I was it was probably in 84 when I did this. I remember like asking my dad or I asked my mom, you know, I was like, "Hey, you know, I want I really want to get a copy of Thriller, you know." Yeah. And she's like, "Well, go ask your dad." And I so I remember because he was doing something, he was working in the yard or something, and I wanted to talk to him. And I was like, "Hey, you know, I really want this this album, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I just really don't think that that's a really good influence that you should have, you know? And so 
I never got a copy of it. Yeah. You know, by the time I was kind of like old enough to start buying my own stuff, I had moved on to something else by that point. So it wasn't like a, yeah. oh, I'm going to go buy this. You know, and also with the radio, you know, we're going to talk about it. Seven out of the nine songs on here were yeah. released as singles. So it wasn't like you couldn't hear the music and they, they were playing all the time. So, oh, yeah. Um, I, I actually remember how I got it. Okay. Because it was either Christmas or birthday. Mm hmm. And it was given to me by my dad's brother, mm-hmm. my uncle. Was this one of the cassettes that he dubbed? No. Okay. No, this was actually store-bought. Store-bought Michael Jackson Thriller on cassette tape. And he handed it to me. And he goes, okay, I know that you kind of wanted this tape. you right. know." I, he goes, but I want you to skip forward to the fifth song mm-hmm. on the cassette tape. It would have been. Be- beat it. It was the first episode. It was the first song on the second side. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes, because there is a guy that plays a guitar solo on this album Mm -hmm. and his name is Eddie Van Halen. And you need to get very, very familiar with Eddie Van Halen. And honestly, I think that might have been my introduction to Van Halen at that point. I think that was his backdoor way of introducing me to Van Halen without my parents getting mad at him right, for introducing right, right. me to Van Halen. Well, I think that was probably a lot of people's first introduction to yeah. Eddie because it was another year before 1984 was released. Oh, and, and guess, what, when guess what I got for a birthday present? The, yeah, the, <laughs> he, because my uncle was like, you remember that guy that I yeah, told you about know, on beat? He goes, here. Here it is, yeah. And that's the, you know, so yeah, it, it really was a, a year prior. Yeah. Everybody being like, hey, what's this? And then like oh that's oh that's that same guy okay yeah and yeah and of our age you right. know the older kids they knew yeah the exactly. second he cranked into the guitar you know the older kids were like oh All right and you know Eddie Van Halen called a lot of flack for that too in the oh, yeah. rock community you're like why are you playing on that you know that pop song you know whatever it's like one of the biggest albums of all time. Why wouldn't well, I play on it? Not, you know? only, not only that, but he was in there doing solo work. Right. And I've seen Steve Lukather talk right. about this over and over. He goes, he was in there, he was recording it, and Michael Jackson left for something. Mm-hmm. Both him and Quincy left the studio. And Eddie was not happy with the way the song was arranged. So he went in and rearranged the entire song and then played the guitar solo over it. And look, when Michael came back, was like, don't get mad. I just want you to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I rearranged it. And Mike, Michael was like, what? Mm-hmm. And they played it for him. And Michael was like, yes, yeah. leave it like it is. <laughs> We're going to get into something about that here in a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of the, hi, Chloe. Um, uh, sorry, my, I'm dog, dog, sit. dog sitting this week as well. And both dogs. And both dogs are like trying to get all the attention in the world. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You're going you're gonna to love this one. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, um, all right, before we get into it, before we start talking about it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was released in, uh, on, well, first off. November 29th. November 29th, 1982. Okay. The first single was released in October. October in mid-October. It was October 18th. And yeah. it's, it is uh, The Girl Is Mine, which is uh, him and Paul McCartney. It's a duet. Right. A lot of people think that Say, Say, Say is off of this album. It's but not. But it's not. That was on McCartney's album. Yep. Uh, they basically did the one for one, you know. So, yeah. the, so say 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 was released during the same time period. All this is happening. I think they were actually recorded the same time. I, it, I believe it, they it was were, like a, yeah. it was either like a day or two days I, in the studio. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they were. 
the and this was when they were still friends. So. Yeah. <laughs> what What's funny is I listen to this song now, and all I can hear is the songs are mine. Right. Exactly. The doggone songs are yeah. mine. Well, they're Sony's now, is what they are. <laughs> So, yeah, they recorded this album. Of course, you know, his previous album, Off the Wall, which I'm a huge fan of that album. Yeah. I mean, I huge. You know, it was it was very disco influenced. Yeah, okay? very disco. And, and once again, a Quincy Jones. It was Quincy Jones. Produced. And they decided to try to get away from that because yeah. there was a real big, by, the, by, by 82 when they were recording this, there was a big disco backlash. Yeah, was everybody hated so, disco. Yeah. And so they started doing more, you know, they were still using, they were using a lot of synthesizers, which was really big in 82 yeah. and 80, you know, in the, the, the early mid eighties. And then, but they wanted to go, Michael Jackson wanted to go into other styles and that's why they did the rock. Yeah. The, the whole beat it thing. He was like very adamant about, I want to do this. Yeah. Know? And also the fact that like some of the subject matter on here is kind of dark. Yeah. You know, I mean, Billy Jean being, one of them, of course, Thriller. Well, Billy but, Jean was because he was tired of dealing with obsessive fans. Right. And fans right, trying to get right. him. And so it's kind of like, you know, I remember like hearing that song as a kid and like not realizing the lyric is was uh, Billy Jean is not my lover. Yeah. I thought it was Billy Jean, yeah, that's my lover or whatever. You yeah. Know, I was nine, ten years old, you know, whatever it was, nine, nine years old at the time, didn't whatever but then somebody telling me later like no, no that's not the lyric yeah you know it's he's saying she's not you know anybody you know not his and um so yeah they record they released they released um the girl is mine on october 18th of 1982 which is a month roughly a month and a half yeah prior to the the album being released yeah but they didn't now, release another signal uh single until, january, until january right and that was and that was and and the girl is mine look like I said, before we get into all this, just some some simple stats here. Like I said, there are nine tracks on this album. They released seven of them as singles. Yep. All seven of them made the top ten yep. on the Hot 100. A Billie Jean and Beat It both made it to number one. At one point was the Guinness World Record holder for most sold copies. We'll talk about that in a minute because there's some discrepancy there. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll tell you why. Okay. The, just the seven songs are in order. I'm I'm, I'm just going to list these off here, yeah. and then we can start talking. About it. So, uh, the girl is mine. You know the duet with Paul McCartney was released in October. Billie Jean was released on January second of '83. So basically, starting off the new year with like, here's the thing that's going to blow up your radio for the yeah. next few months. You know, Beat It was released on February 14th. Yep. Which that's really close together. I'm surprised that they did that, but I also well, realized that they were really hot, so they were trying to. You know, well, he wanted every song off of this album to be a, a single. single, right? Yeah. So four was "Want to Be Starting Something," which was released May May eighth yep. of eighty three. Human Nature was released on July third of eighty three. Pyt Pretty Young Thing was released in September nineteenth of yep. eighty three, and then Thriller was released on November fifth of nineteen eighty. Like it was one of those things that like it was a it was the last song the record label did not want to release it as a single. Yeah. They thought it was a a um a novelty song, you know, all this kind of stuff. Thriller is like one of the biggest one of the biggest music videos of all time. There and are also one of those that songs still know every I know, step I to know. the choreography of that thing. But to think that Thriller was the seventh single yeah. off of here. Okay. Thriller because it was released so late actually wound up 
like at the, uh, the year end, mm-hmm. wound up on both the 1983 and the 1984. <laughs> yep. Uh, year end, like Billboard year end top two or top 100. You That's know? what I was uh, saying. I know. What you were saying about the album, the album, Thriller, was actually in the top 10 because it was one of those, it was one of those weird, like, it wound up in in the year end. It was like one of the only albums that was ever, maybe it was a top five of both 1983 and 1984. Like it, yeah. it, it's you know it was like wow it sold that many copies that you know it wound up on both of them. But the singles, you know, releasing the girl is mine over a month before the album is out. Having Paul McCartney, you know, the ex-Beatle, you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get that. But Billie and, and Jean was when this album really took off. Yeah. Well, know. technically, The Girl's Mine and Say, Say, Say kind of bookend. And they it was supposed to promote eat both albums. Right. It only ended up promoting really Thriller. I know, I know. Um, and I say that liking Paul Oh, I, I do. I, I, of the two, I like Say, Say, Say better, yeah. honestly. Um, and... With human nature getting released the third. Even with that that weird having his sister as love interest in the video. <laughs> that ended up yeah. Yeah. That that still ended up um, being like the slow jam of Fourth of July yeah, parties yeah. everywhere. I know. Uh <laughs> it's the Jackson. I what know, do you I know, I know. It it just yeah, it's okay. So what you were saying, okay. Go ahead, correct me again. With 32, no, 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 no. Talking about the 32 million copies sold worldwide by the end of 1983. Mm -hmm. Thriller became the best-selling album of all time and was a Guinness World Record, uh, that, and it was Guinness, that Guinness World Record announced that in in February of 84. Um, It says it was the best-selling album of 1983 worldwide, and in 1984, it became the first album to become the best-selling in the United States for two years. So there it is. Yeah. It was the best-selling album, but that's what it was in both 83 and 84. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I mean, in the slightest. The 32 million... All right, here here we go. And I I am taking this from Wikipedia, but this is stuff that I I knew already. This is just easier than trying to, like, pull it out of my brain right now because I haven't had enough sleep or coffee. Yeah. It says, Thriller is the best-selling album of all time with sales of 70 million copies worldwide. Hang on to that. It is the best-selling non-compilation album and second-best-selling album overall in the United States where it's certified 34 times platinum. 34 times. Okay. The information that you're given there. Yeah. In the U.S., it is the best-selling non-compilation album and second-best album overall in the United States. What's number one? It is a band and it is their greatest hits album. One of their greatest hits albums. Is it Alabama? Nope. You're not horribly off, but no. So it's a band, not a not a yes, artist, right? There's definitely a little bit of country in there. We know that it's got some country. Mm-hmm. See, I would I would lean towards Alabama, but I don't. This is pre-Alabama. Pre-Alabama, yeah, probably a big influence on Alabama. <sighs> Bands. 
It's the Eagles' Greatest Hits Volume 1. Oh, okay. That is the number one selling U.S. album of all time. So that's the that's the blue cover yes. with the, yes. the Eagle skull. Yes, that one. And that's why it says that it is the best-selling non-compilation yeah. album and the second best-selling overall in the United States. Right. The reason why I, I bring this up about there's some stuff to talk about here. This is pre-SoundScan. Yeah. And for both of those albums, okay? And pre-sound scan, for those of you who don't really follow this stuff, means that basically what they would do is Billboard would have a bunch of people call a bunch of record stores all throughout the country yep, and say, what's selling? And they would say, oh, you know, Michael Jackson's really selling big. You know, that's probably our biggest mover or this or that or whatever. And they basically would look at, okay, how many albums were shipped? Well will round to whatever. Yeah. So anything prior to 1991 when SoundScan was put in, the numbers are suspect. Could be more. Yeah. Absolutely could be more, but it also could be far less. Yeah. So that's kind of one of those, uh, you look at it and go, okay, which one is it? Um, so I'm not, but I'm not denying that this, guarantee you would still be yeah you know top one or two you know somewhere at least in the top five at the you know at the very least yeah um, because everybody had a copy of it except for me and <laughs> i did buy, i did eventually get a copy of it on vinyl when i was in my 40s oh, first, so it was <laughs> the first time i heard it was on vinyl we went yeah. we were still living in michigan at the time we went over to uh, some of my parents friends house and they had two kids right and they had a huge record collection or you know rec- the parents did and the dad pulled this album out and was like, oh, have you guys heard this yet? And we were like, what is that? And he put it on. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about some of the singles here. Okay. And, and then we're going to talk about music videos. Maybe we'll talk about them. Oh, together. we're going to talk about musicians. And we're going to talk about, yeah. All right. Before this, let's talk about some musicians that played on this album. Okay. okay. Well, it's two of the guys from Toto. Okay. No, it's let's, three of the guys from Toto. Is it three Toto. of the guys from it's, Toto? It's, okay. Toto had their hands all over this. But you've also got, because I'm a drummer, mm-hmm. I tend to fo- fixate on the drummers. There's another guy in there that went by the name uh, in uh, in Dugu. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, let me pull this up real quick. Yeah, I know. I know because I saw not all that long ago, mm-hmm. I think it was a YouTube reel or something where they were talking about the the guy, the, the two guys, Toto, yeah. talking about 1983. And they were like, yeah, they played on this album. You know, they, they played on Beat It. Yeah. And they... Wrote one of the well. The thing songs. about Toto is they well, were a bunch of studio musicians starting off. Right. But what this guy was saying was that if you want to see like one of the greatest years for for musician for a, yeah. for a couple of musicians in music history, look at 1983. And they're saying they played on Beat It. Yeah. They that they played on the entire album well, to they, begin they, with. They didn't just play on it. Right. Steve Picaro and um, Steve Luth- Luthiker Right. Both did arrangements. Right. For this, but they were talking about you know they on Beat It, which was yeah. one of like the biggest the biggest single of the year, you know, type stuff. Uh, they also played on, uh, the, and they wrote. Was it Human Nature that they wrote or something like that? Uh, hold on, I can tell you real quick. I just pulled the. Because all of it's listed here. I think they did uh, arrangements. Uh, Human Nature by Steve Porcaro Steve and Porcaro. John Bettis. Yeah. Okay, which like, Steve, th- those this that's the those are the writers on that song. Steve okay? Porcaro was uh, Toto's keyboard and synth player. Right. 
Uh, hold on, let me look and see because like I'm actually looking at the liner notes here um, to see if they were on it. And and then of course you know they played on the entire album, but but then but then on top of it all, they also released a Toto album that same year. Yeah. that you may have heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it Toto Four? Is that what it is? <laughs> Uh, is it four? You know, got maybe. a little song on there called Africa. Yeah. <laughs> that everybody, and Rosanna is on that album. Yep. It's that like, whole album is It's amazing. like, you start looking at that, and it's like, it's up there with like, what we talked about with uh, yeah. Diane Warren, like in, in, was it that one well, year where it's like, no, she had like four number one singles, you know? So. Well, Toto was nothing but a bunch of guys that were studio musicians, and they got together one day, it's like, hey, let's just start a band and let's right. put out an album ourselves. It's kind of like garbage. Yeah. Honestly, you know, because you had, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Steve, um, no, not Steve. Oh, geez, what's his name? Butch Vig. And, yeah. um, who was the producer for Nirvana, Nirvana Pumpkins, uh, yeah. and a whole bunch of people. A lot of those sub pop albums. Yeah. And then the two, oh, I can never remember the other two guys, but they were also yeah. producers and studio musicians. And they were just kind of, they were doing remixes for people. And they were like, hey, you know, we kind of got a band here. Yeah. We just need a lead singer. And then they found Shirley Manson. And it's like, there you go. Yeah. You know? So, okay. So, since we're talking about Toto, we'll get to the other drummer here in a minute. But since we're talking about so track one, want to be starting something. I can't find any any musicians that I knew that played on that one. It seems to be a lot of programming. Right. Uh, Baby Me Mine is going to be this other drummer that I'm going to talk about. The Girl Is Mine. You've got Steve Luthaker, who is... He arranged it. He played bass and guitar on it. Mm-hmm. Jeff Beccaro mm-hmm. was the drummer on it, and his brother Steve played synth on it. So you've got three guys out of Toto that right. are actually playing four of the parts mm-hmm. in in the song. Thriller, I can't find any musicians that I recognize on. So it, it, I think it was a lot of Yeah, I think it was, yeah. That's um, the- Beat It, once again, was Luthaker and Jeff Beccaro. So guitar, bass, and drums. Human Nature is the... Steve Luthaker and the mm-hmm. two Picaro brothers right. playing on it. Plus, Steve Picaro played synth and was a writer arranger. On right, it. Um, and also the lady of my life is the Picaro brothers by right. themselves. It's drums and synth. Right. Plus, don't forget that James Ingram and Quincy Jones oh, yeah. wrote PYT. Yeah. Well, and I'm, it ended the arrangement, and uh, Ingram well, did the arrangement. Well, song, I'm not even so getting into yeah, all the other musicians yet. This, That's I one just, of those like talk about a powerhouse. In the studio, I mean, okay, Quincy like, Jones pulled out all the stops on this, yes. but but just talking about Toto, you've got you've got three guys from Toto playing four of the parts on a majority of the songs, mm-hmm. and then you've got on, um, Baby Be Mine and Billy Jean and Pyt, mm-hmm. a gentleman by the name of Leon Indugu Chancellor. This guy was a major studio guy and live player. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an idea of some of the people that he's played with, uh, people that he uh, recorded with. Uh, Peebo Bryson, Tia Carrera, Miles Davis, uh, Sheena Easton, Eddie Harris, John Lee Hooker. He he He's re- played with a bunch of people. He yeah, was I'd he say. was on two Michael Jackson's albums. He was on Thriller and Bad. And Bad, okay. Um, I wish I still had my copy of Bad on vinyl. LaBelle. Okay. Um, Jean-Luc Ponty, mm-hmm. who's a big jazz guy. Uh, Lionel Richie, off his uh, 1982 self-titled album. Okay. Um, Robbie Robertson. Robbie Robertson. Kenny Rogers. He's played with a bunch of people, so he's what it comes down to. Two different Santana uh, albums. Donna Summer. Tina Turner, the private dancer album. Oh, okay. 
um, weather report. You know, I mean, right. This goes on and on and but on. But yeah. this guy is a major hitter. And if you can find, and he's not with us anymore, he passed away. But if you can find YouTube videos mm-hmm. of him talking about it and, you know, even of him playing, it's worth going and checking it out. Right. Okay. Something else we have to talk to talk about. Well, let's here. get into some of the other musicians that were also on that album. Uh, I've got a list here <laughs> because I was I was Dave going, likes the weeds on this stuff. So. I, I like. It's interesting to know, know who was know. playing on it. So let's see here. Personnel um, on this album. I've already talked about him. I already talked about him. Okay, James Ingram was right. backing vocals, keyboards, hand claps, musical arrangements on. Uh, Want to be starting something yep. and PYT. Uh, you had Janet Jackson as backing vocals on PYT. You had Latoya Jackson as backing vocals on PYT. Um, Quincy Jones, of course, was the producer arrangements, vocal arrangements, all of that. Uh, we're trying to talk about him. We're already talked about him. We had the Picaro brothers. We forget about Vincent Price doing the Vincent Price, yeah, doing his his uh, voiceovers. He did that in two hours. Yeah, yeah. He was a an acquaintance of Quincy Jones' wife. Yeah, and that's how they got him in to do it. So, yeah, but I mean, and then those are the knowable names. Right. The rest right. of them are like top level right. studio folks. The people that you don't know their name, but you know their work. Yeah, you know that is yeah, uh, and it's all over a lot of the eighties. And 90s stuff. The thing, you know, after Billie Jean was released in January, you know, of 83, the thing that really pushed, you know, the music video for one thing, okay? Yeah. Let's talk about the music video for, for you know, it, it's a cool early the, 80s. The light up sidewalk. Yeah, and, and all that kind of, that's really cool. But the thing about yeah. it also is the fact that, like, MTV didn't want to play it. Because at the time, when MTV first came on the air, they didn't play a lot of black artists at all. And... Well, Rolling Stone turned him down for a... a right, for, for a, a cover. A cover because the uh, the off-the-wall, when he was, you know, because they said that that... that, that, that they, putting, they putting black people on the cover didn't sell didn't sell issues. and they flat out told him that. yeah and yeah. Michaels basically said, oh, you're going to come back later and you're going to want this and I might do it. Yeah. But... The, the whole thing with um, not playing black artists on MTV, yeah. we talked about it before. David Bowie was the one that, like, called held, him out on Held it. Mark Summers' feet to the fire yeah. in an interview of, like, so why aren't you playing black? Well, we play black. He's like, well, what about? And he starts listing off all these people. And it's just live like, on air. Yeah, I know. And, and it's just like you could see him squirming in his seat because, honestly, Mark Summers probably agreed with him, but, or I'm sure he agreed with him. But the thing is that the higher ups were like, no, this is not blah, If blah, it had been me, I would have legitimately looked at him and be like, I'm a VJ. Right. I don't get to do program. Right. I would love to introduce you to the person who does. Right. So, but Michael Jackson broke that barrier of like, yeah. we can't not play this. Like, there, there's no way we can't play this. And then, of course. And they tried and, to not play it. But the thing is, is that Friday Night Videos got a hold of it. Yep. As, you know, and it's one of those things where it was like, all of a sudden, well, that's in more homes than MTV. So if you want people to watch your channel, you better, it might not be on 24 hours a, a day like twenty like MTV, but they're ahead yeah. of the curve here. You know? uh, but the thing that I think really. I first saw the video was Friday night. Yeah, I know because it was. We I could, know it was, so we didn't have MTV. So we we couldn't get cable. 
Right. Well, we could, but we didn't have it. Yeah. And uh, so it was one of those, like, no, Friday Night Videos was the, the first place I've ever seen it. Yeah. But the other thing was that Motown was celebrating its 25th anniversary. And yep. they did a television special on CBS that was called Motown 25 Yesterday, Today, yeah. Forever. And that was the first place you saw him do the, do moon the moonwalk. Walk. Yeah. And that, li- I mean, talk about a viral moment before we knew what viral meant. Yeah. That was the thing everybody was like. And that aired on March 25th, 1983. And everybody at school was Everybody talking was talking about did it. You like, did you see that? that? Did that yeah, the moonwalk. What were you talking about? The moonwalk. What are you talking about? And then Peter, of course, everybody tried to... I was never able to do it. I never. I, it I finally stood. got to where I could do it. It it was never smooth. It was somewhat yeah. jerky, but I could figure out how to do it. So many jokes. Uh, so <laughs> I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I, I'm I'm to the age of go ahead say yeah, what you want to because I don't care anymore. What I'm getting to that is that there were so many things that converged yeah. at once to make this the album. You know, to make him as big as he became and to make this album as big as it, yeah. as it as it became as well. And it's really funny because it's just that it's that synergy of like okay, can you stop? You're not even can you stop, but like what else is going to happen to make this even bigger, well, you know, type stuff. When, and then and then beat it drops. Beat it drops. And there's Van, Eddie Van Halen on it. And of course MTV, yeah, he, he was not in the video. He was not in the video. But everybody knew right. it was but, Eddie Van Halen. But again, Halen. that video, yeah. We talk about that, you know, with the whole West Side story type thing, you yeah. know, and everything. It's just like, no, that is a great video. Now I, I need you to go back and do something though. Okay. I need you to go back and watch a video. Okay. The pool tables in the pool hall have no holes in them. Is it a billiards table? There are no holes. I know. Well, what I'm saying is that, you know, there are billiards tables that don't have hole, that don't have uh, pockets. I don't know. It's some weird game. I don't know. I, I have seen those before, but yeah, that doesn't make sense in a pool hall, though. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it's a pool hall, but if right. you go back and look at it, there's not a pocket on any of those tables. There's the the cup is there, but there's no but there's pocket. No po- oh, there's no hole. For there's the no pool. hole oh. for it to drop into a pocket. That's weird. I wonder if they, you know, they actually make plugs for that so i wonder if they i wonder if they shot after hours or something and didn't take them out i don't know i, I bet that's what it was but i was be, i, I was know. watching it one day and i was like and i like to play pool yeah. i'm not any good at it i like to play yeah. pool but i was sitting there a looking at the video and i was like stop yeah there's no hole right. in this table i don't know beat it yeah. blew things up yeah like just massive like here we go you know billy jean was big beat yeah. it was huge you know, that that's kind of the... And then, you know, you get into all the rest of the releases after that. And, you know, after that was Want to Be Starting Something, which I love that song. Yeah. Because that really is kind of a throwback to the Off the Wall album. Like, I, that song could be on that album. Yeah. And uh, it's the opening track, and it's just great. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm down with this. This is, this is great. Uh, then Human Nature, which, I'll be honest, Human Nature was always kind of one of those that, like, I like it, but it's not my... It's... Definitely, kind of. Like it. It's know, a chill song. It is. It is. And then PYT, I've always made, liked. It that definitely one. made it onto some mixtapes yeah. for for girls mm-hmm, that I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always liked PYT because again, yeah. it kind of has that throwback, a little bit of disco in there, you know, and the synth pop and everything. And then of course you get to Thriller, and yeah. that was just a nuclear bomb at the end. You know, it's like because <laughs> that music video. Well, oh my! Well, and that's the other thing. The hype behind the, the world premiere of I know of Michael Jackson's Thriller and the 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 after, making of video the making of video. Okay, yeah. that was like there was a video cassette. 
that you could buy, which if you find one now, they are really expensive because it's never been released on DVD or any of that kind of stuff. Well, they were they played the making of after oh, the video. I know, I know. And it was like, what, half hour long yeah. or something like that? And, you know, it was uh, John, um, was it John Landau that yeah, d- directed I it? I think so. Hey, I just wanted to break in here. Uh, I know it's actually John Landis, not John Landau. I don't know why I said John Landau like five times on that. <laughs> so, always getting those two mixed up. Anyway, John Landis, not John Landau. Back to the show. Uh, yeah, it's John Landau. Um, and there's a reason why you, you know that it's John Landau. I want to get the I want to get the phrasing right because if I don't I know what I'm saying, okay? Okay. There is a when they're sitting in the movie theater before you know whenever she's getting scared or whatever, you know, he's yeah. laughing and she's like I want to go blah blah blah. As they're walking out, the movie says there was a note. What did it say? It said see you next Wednesday. I think this see you next Wednesday is what it was. Yeah, uh, it's either Wednesday or Thursday. No, I think it's Wednesday because it, it wasn't the see you next Tuesday. You know, the, you know what we're talking about. But that shows up in all of Landau's stuff. It's in the Blues Brothers. Um, it's in. It's kind. It's like one of those things. It's kind of like uh, his calling card. It's kind of like Sam Raimi with his car that he's been putting in all of his movies since yeah. you know day one. Evil Dead. Yes, since Evil Dead. Like it's in. It's in all of his. It's like this old like seventies huge. It's an Oldsmobile Delta yeah, eighty eight. Exactly. Is what it is. And uh, but that's kind of the thing that, that Landau would, would put that in there. Like it was it was on a billboard, and uh, like one of the, the the police cars crashes through a billboard, and it says that on there, you know, yeah. for advertisement or whatever. It's just kind of one of his things that he would do. But yeah, all that I remember watching. I remember one of my memories that I have about that was going into Hills Department Store with my mom. That was just right over here. Yeah, middle of the summer or whatever. And they had a television and VCR set up, and they were playing that vi- that that making of. And the thing is, is it was it, it the video was on there, and then yeah. the making of was on there. That videotape, again, because it was never released on any other format, is worth a crap ton of money now. I think I saw one on eBay for like 150 yes, 200 bucks or, or something. VHS. Yeah. Okay. That's just. I've seen one in the last decade ish. Or so, about the last decade or so, that was at a thrift store. Somebody had dropped it off there, and they were asking like eighty dollars for it. Yeah, um, and that's thrift store prices, you know, at the time. But yeah, it was everywhere. I mean, it was everywhere. That was just it was kind of, and it's funny because like you know, the single was released in like November after Halloween. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like yeah, it was shortly after, and it was still kind of, but it was really it was like a Christmas song i say like it was still big through christmas through the end of the year type yeah stuff it was kind of like why wouldn't you have released that earlier but again goes back to the label didn't want to release it anyway yeah and michael jackson was like no i this i want to release this song um and it was also had a lot to do with the time that they released thriller sales were starting to lag you know they huge sales but sales were starting to lag so they released that song as yeah. a single, and all of a sudden they pick back up again. So smart marketing, incredible marketing. You know, we have a whole episode about albums with lots of singles. You go back into yeah. the, you know, I think it's called Five Deep or something like that. Um, and you know, Michael Jackson and his sister are both multiple albums in the in those seven, yeah. re- you know, single release type things. You know. But, you know, it's one of those things, it's kind of, Thriller is kind of like Star Wars in a way, 
where it was one of those things that was released and everybody's like, okay, I think, well, no one thought Star Wars was going to be as big. Like, they didn't think it was going to be a hit, you know, at all, that it would succeed. But then it became a phenomenon. Thriller is a phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, that's, you rarely, you know, it's like the next time that we saw something like that was probably Nirvana's Nevermind. You know, I mean, obviously it didn't sell as many records, but it was a phenomenon. You know, I mean, it it basically, you know, ushered in a new a new era in music. And, you know, and you go past that, and I guess, well, what would be the next thing musically like that? You know, Titanic was a phenomenon. You know, that's a... Uh, and then, Movie-wise. Yeah, movie-wise. You know, that's, again, going back to Star Wars. Star Wars was this phenomenon, yeah. you know. Uh, and you I mean, have these things that happen every few years. It's just like this huge phenomenon. You know, well, uh, Avatar was a phenomenon, you know. I know, I know, I hated it too. Uh, Avengers Endgame was a phenomenon for... Yeah. While you know, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where you know, Harry Potter was a phenomenon in and of itself. You yeah. Know? I mean, let's be honest. Has anybody done it better since? You know, I mean, I can't really think of an album that's blown up like that. Has. No, out of nowhere. I mean, it was like, yeah. yeah, you know, the record. You know, Quincy Jones and uh, you know, and the record label like, was on Epic. Yeah. Records. Epic. You know, they thought it was going to be big. They did not anticipate it. Yeah, being what it became. Uh, I guess, you know, there's a lot of arrogance that goes into saying, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to make the, the greatest album or one of the best selling albums of all time. You know, that's like, I don't think they really did that. They were, well, he was Michael Jackson. And the thing is, is what I was reading is that, you know, Michael Jackson had been recording with Motown for way back. He was really upset with the, the results he got of off the wall. Yes. He felt like it hadn't been promoted right. He felt like it hadn't been pushed right. right. He, he felt like the sales on that album were not what it should have been. He was, and between that and the Rolling Stone, black people don't sell right. magazines, he was pissed. Right. And he was also sick of the fact that you'd buy an album and there'd be two or three singles off of it. Right. The rest of it was just kind of eh. Yeah, and he was quoted as saying, why don't we just make an album where every song's a hit? And he wanted, yeah. he wanted Thriller to be an album where Every single song was a single well, and well, a hit. Seven out of nine of them were top ten hits. Yeah, you that's, know? I mean that's pretty good. I, I, mean, I would not complain about that batting average at all. You know, oh, one of the things we didn't get to, and you said something about this whenever I, I suggested we do this. Yeah, uh, uh, you were like, well, you know, I'm going to need to make sure I get a so I can listen to the original. You know, on the vinyl. I'm like, well, you'll never do that. There was a mix of this album prior to the one that was released. Oh yeah, and neither one of them liked it. Uh, it was yeah, one of those things. They went back and and remixed every single, but they had a listening party. Yeah, um, at a, I guess it was a disco at the time. They were still a thing. They they rented out a pl- you know a place and they had people come in you know and they were going to have a, a nightclub. Yeah, they were going to have a, a listening party. And apparently, when it was pressed, not only did they did they not like the the. The, uh, the, mixes. the mixes on it, but when they pressed the album, it was pressed incorrectly, and so it played at a faster speed. So it sounded like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Kind, not quite, but it was one of those things where it was like, something's off, but you couldn't quite put yeah. your finger on it. And apparently that's the only copy of that album that exists, and no one knows where it is. It's been missing for 40 years now, 40 plus years now. <laughs> and I, bet, I bet the DJ at the club snaked it. I don't know, but it, that's kind of one of those like, for like record nerds, be like if we could ever find that record, yeah. you know. 
but yeah, so the, they did. They, they, neither one of them were happy with the mixes, like the original mixes, and they wound up going back in. Well, that's when before they, the album was released and remixing it all. Well, so. they that's one of the reasons they brought in the guys from Toto's because yeah. they went in and re-recorded a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, and that's you also got to think whatever their budget was that puts them well over it yeah. at that point. Uh, and Michael Jackson was bankable had been since he was a kid, but he wasn't a superstar yet. This is the album that made him. that made him Michael Jackson. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, and you know. In a lot of ways, this album also created Janet Jackson yeah. because she had released albums before Control. Yeah, uh, of course, you know she had been on um, What's Happening, and you know it was she was an actor also. Yeah. you know, and she had done stuff when she was younger as well. You know, but had never had huge success or anything between the backup vocal tracks, right, and the creepy music video. Yeah, well, no, that wasn't her in the video. That was Latoya. Yeah, that was in the video. That, yeah, you're right. Um, Still a sister, though. I know, I know. Well, yeah. and, and <laughs> this is really, really difficult to say about the Jacksons, but the weird member of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Latoya, of course. right? Yeah. Right? 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 <laughs> you have to really be special in order to be the weird Jackson. Okay, it's. <laughs> Well, every family has a weird member. Yeah. And if all the rest of the members are weird, you yeah, got to out-weird them. Uh, but. <laughs> oh, my. Um, my story about Paul McCartney. Okay. I was nine years old when this was released. Okay. Uh, say, say, say. Again, the music video. Yeah. Which. Talk about things. I understand that it, it is supposed to be set in like the early 20th century. I think it's in the 20s because she's wearing kind of a flapper dress, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. But Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson are doing a minstrel show <laughs> in that video. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of one of those like, okay, well, you know, so that a traveling minstrel that, show. That, that didn't age well, you know. No. I had no idea that Paul McCartney was in the Beatles at that point. Oh, he'd been a solo artist for I know, at that point. But I didn't you, even know that. You probably didn't even know that he was a member of Wings. No, that see, point. that's the whole thing. Yeah. I'm coming into all like I knew the Beatles because my parents, you know, my dad yeah. had the Beatles albums and stuff. So I knew that stuff in them getting played. But I didn't know who the members of the Beatles were. Right. Okay. So when it was revealed to me that Paul McCartney had been a member of the, the Beatles, Beatles yeah. which the way that that was revealed to me was through Billy Crystal's stand-up. Really? I called, he did a stand-up special, I forget, it was somewhere in the eighty, in the, the early, mid-80s somewhere, I think it was an HBO stand-up special or something, and he was telling this, part of one of the bits he was doing was talking about how his daughter had come to him and said hey dad did you know that Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings you know and of course everybody starts laughing you know and type stuff and I was like he was in a band called Wings like I thought he was a new artist what are you talking about you know I because I just didn't know you know okay there were I have several of those through these first couple of years of getting into this of like thinking that you know Elton John was a new artist and <laughs> Aretha Franklin was a new artist and you know See, stuff like that where it was like I evidently had a little bit of an advantage over yeah, everything because I mean, growing up you know mom 
played piano mm-hmm. and she played she didn't play popular music she played a lot of the old um the old ragtime stuff right. and you know some of the big band stuff and classical well one of our cousins also taught piano lessons mm-hmm. which she's kind of a generation between me and mom she was younger um and so she's teaching me piano lessons but at the same time you know we're anytime she we do lessons a lot of times she'd come over to the house and get us and then take us over there so a lot of times we're listening to like 50s and 60s rock and roll in the car and at some point she puts wings into the, and i'm like oh mm-hmm. oh this is cool who is this you go oh it's paul mccartney and wings so she kind of introduced us to paul mccartney and at some point in those early 80s, Paul McCartney had put out a, a VHS called uh, Give My Regards to Broadway yep, or something. Yep. And it was kind of this silly little video. Silly love song. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the video. It's in the video. Is that the one with Tracy Ullman? Yeah, I Is think it, so. And then where she but did he, the, they don't know about us, all well, that stuff. Well, yeah. you know, he's it's like he's traveling around all these it's it's obviously scripted right, right but very badly but it's also got like all these musical numbers it's supposed right, to be t- right. and we enjoyed watching that and that was kind of my introduction i've seen it before yeah, yeah i know my introduction to paul mccartney and all that and then somebody going oh yeah he was also in the beatles which kind of got wrapped up in some of that 50s and 60s right role right, stuff, right you know so yeah i get that I, someone else who i thought was a new artist in 83 when they put out yeah the less dance album was David Bowie. David Bowie. Because I had no... At nine but years you, old, I had no concept of these people have been around longer than so I just discovered them, you know? Be, between my cousin <laughs> Annette and between my mom introduced me to like some of the older stuff mm-hmm. and between my dad listening to old country. Right. You know, Waylon. Well, it, it wasn't old country then. Then. You know, no, it no. was, you know, Waylon and Willie and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. He, you know, he was into that. Of course, we knew Johnny Cash, oh, and yeah, Kenny yeah. Rogers, and all that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and then exactly. my dad's brother, who was you know slipping me rock and roll stuff, right. you know Rush, um, Jethro Tull, um, Steely Dan, mm. you know slipping me that type of stuff. You know, I got music. Music from that era is very much a part of my life because I had a lot of people that were introducing me to a lot of mm-hmm. stuff at a young age. I still love that stuff. I, you know, I had older cousins who listened to a lot of that. And even people at school were talking about all these bands that I'm like, I have no idea who any of these people are, you know? So there, it really was a jump in the deep end and learn to swim really fast, you know, because everybody else around me was years ahead (laughs) on all this stuff. And I was like, what is this? What? Hold up, you know? Uh, that so, yeah. explains a whole lot of situations I had with you back it in could high be, school. But, you know, then. The funny thing about it, though, is that like once I discovered music, I became like that. All right, what is this? Who played this? Yeah. What else did they play in this? I mean, just like I was one of those people that like I listen to the radio. I could tell you exactly what album it was off of and, you know, who was on it and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Probably a lot to do with trying to catch up on everything and not wanting to be in a situation where I didn't know yeah, something you know, you still wind up in those situations. But. See, I always loved not knowing something because somebody you'd be here, you'd hear something, you'd be like, "Who is this?" Mm-hmm. And they tell you, and you wouldn't know anything. So, okay, I don't know anything about this person. Tell me right. what you know. Well, and that's again, it was that and learning process. Of, I, you know. And I miss the discovery of new music that right. I enjoy. 
which for me has Just don't get any longer. <laughs> it has gone away. I know it has gone away over the you last know, 10, 15 years. What was it? Was it? And it's not for a lack of trying. I've been trying to discover new music that I like. Was it Harvard? One of the Ivy League schools did a, you know, their science department or whatever did yeah. a study a while back, and determined that people. Don't necessarily stop, but they really slow down discovering yeah. new music when they're around 32 years old. And that explains why so many people are kind of yeah. like, quote unquote, stuck in an like, era, you know? Yeah. And I was excited when I discovered Sturgill Simpson. I was like, yeah. oh, this is great. And he was so weird. And then, you know, I discovered Tyler Childers. And right. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, this is this is really cool. And I've had other people like, hey, you should listen to this. And I'll listen to it. And I'm like, mm. You know, that's for me, it's been like, I've got two records at, well, I've got, I've got one record that, that somebody suggest. well, my record shop that closed right. up close to my house. He suggested, uh, an album from Xander Sloss okay. who was with, um, he was with one of the grunge bands. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember the name of the band, but I, I on his recommendation, I bought right, the album. Right. I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. And then he recommended somebody local. It was like, if you don't like it, you know, I'll buy it back. Right. And I listened to it three times, and I was tired of it. I was like, well, I yeah, don't really want to sell it back to him, but I'm not exactly excited about right. this either. That has been, I have found for myself, you know, there's a few, like, I really like Ryan Hatt. Ryan Hamilton. Yeah, I, I know and you dig him. I, it's something about his voice that I get it. Just it's, it's a, I get it, but it's like it, it hit me the yeah. way that yo. Know, now I haven't liked all of his stuff as much as you know. Th- there's one in particular album though, that this is the sound um, album that I'm like I love this yeah. album from beginning to end. You know, and his stuff that he's put out since the the stuff before that I liked. I was kind of like I like some of it. I don't like some of it. You know, it's kind of yeah. typical. You know, whatever. And his stuff since then has kind of been that same way. Uh, but the thing is, is overall I'm like no, I like him overall. You know, that album still. You know, yeah. I guess I discovered it about four years ago, four or five years ago. Still makes a rotation. You know, of like I'll yeah. listen to. But I find that that doesn't happen as much. You know, or or it really. It's a lot more of that where like I will really love an album by somebody. Yeah. But I'm kind of lukewarm towards everything else they do. Or, Whereas I used to with like whoever I love, whatever band or, or artist I liked, I would like multiple albums yeah. in a row until they disappointed or, me. So, or it's something where I'll discover a band off of a movie soundtrack. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I really like this. And then you go and listen to their album. It's like, well, that song is nothing like, nothing like any, the rest of it. Any of the rest of it. I've, I've, and I'm like, again, it goes back to what Michael said about not putting out an album that only has. One or two good songs on it. It's and like the rest I of get why you would write something. You know, if they t- ask you to write something for the movie mm-hmm. and showed you the movie and said, "We need you to write a song," you know, for the movie. It's like I get that, right? But if you're going to make a movie and you like a band, why wouldn't you want to use one of their songs that they've already created if it fits the genre of fits. your movie? I mean, it kind of depends, though. I mean, because and why would you write, ask them to write something that is totally not? Anything like anything else they've written. Well, but they probably didn't do that, though. That's the thing is so many times you hear these guys that, you know, you'll hear either filmmakers or you'll hear the musicians themselves, you know, either the filmmakers say, yeah, we wanted to use this song, but they 
the record label wouldn't let us do it or they wanted too much money or whatever type. Or they went to an artist and said, we want to hear this or we want to use this song. And then they came in and watched the movie and said, I don't think that movie, that song works for that. Let me work on something. Like Sting has done that several times. Where he's yeah. nasty and he's like, oh, let me go write something for but this. If, you know? if Sting writes something for a movie... It still sounds like Sting. Yeah, unfortunately. But uh, oh, <laughs> I really don't like Sting's. Music. I know. Um, but yeah, you know. And, and but at the same time, you know, there. I can see that if someone says, "Hey, we want you to work on this," and then they go and whatever it is that they create, maybe maybe they were like, they were working on something that they were like, "This will never make it on any of my albums," but it might work for this soundtrack since it's not since the record label's not going to be up my butt to like make stuff that's you know whatever. It, it, it feels like a bait and switch. It could be. I don't know. I mean, it just you know, and, and I'm not opposed to bands or artists branching out. No, like, I have, rather than rather than making the same album five times in a row. Yeah, no, or I have thirty no, times in a row like the Stones. Bands should it just evolve. They should right. They should you know branch out and try other stuff. And it's but, a, it's a, it's a double-edged put, sword. But if you put out one song that hits it really big off a movie soundtrack, and it sounds nothing like any of your other stuff, you know, it it should be a progression of stuff, not something right. completely out of left field. If you want to do something out of left field, you know, do it as something else. Well, you know, some but artists have put out really good albums and had really good careers on doing I mean, Bowie. How many times did Bowie change his? Yeah, I mean, really and truly, you go down to the years, but, it's like it's just, but he it's just always different, you yeah. know. Uh, you know, and then you get some bands that progress, and you end up with Saint Anger. Yeah, well, is that really progressing? Uh, <laughs> Thank you for making my point. <laughs> you know, U two is one of those bands that like had a sound for five albums, and then went and did they really? Though? Yeah, you go back to starting with Boy, okay, and then you and go all the way up to okay. Rattle and Hum, okay. Okay, Boy and what was... The Boy, October, War... Those three albums sound pretty much the same to me. The Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree sounds completely different to me. It doesn't sound it, different. It, it, it's, 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 it's definitely progressed into something It's progressed else. into something And then Rattle and Hum after By the that. time you get into Rattle and Hum, they really have progressed into something right. else. But... And that's actually my favorite those five albums, YouTube album. Those five albums, though, you can put them in people... You know, and there are... There are there really are of the U2 fans, yeah. okay? There are people who are like, oh, I really liked them up until they put out, you know, the... Un oh, we forgot the Unforgettable Fire was in there between... Okay. Four yeah. Okay, that's where that the unforgettable fire is that bridge between war and the Josh. Yeah. Movie, okay. Agreed. Um, where they'll they'll look at those six albums and right. go, uh, I really like those first three, but then they changed. And then there are people who like found them in Joshua Tree era. Yeah. And were like, oh dude, I like I loved all the stuff before. I like all this stuff. But then Octoon Baby was the one where like that was like a real split where people well, were like, no, I don't like whatever it is they're doing now. And then me, they did pop and a lot of people really hate that album. I love it personally. To, to me, it was those first five albums and Rattle and Hum was kind of the Okay, we're closing a door right. on an era here. Well, you and know, they 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 very much changed their sound by still but still sounding like themselves. Right. To me that sounds like a door closing on an era. And they, it was you, the end of the 80s, yeah. you know, that and was then the And you got to Octune Baby. Mm -hmm. And I love that, that sound. Great. It, it's completely it. different from what they've done because they reached out as artists and said, we want to do something right. new. And that was the album that got me into them. Right. You know. And you know, I like that album. What was the one that was after it? Uh, um, Zeropa. Zeropa, which I liked. Okay. I, um, I like some of the stuff on it, yeah. Um, what was the one that the Edge was the... Oh, Numb. 
I like yeah. that song. See, I like the one that Johnny Cash sings on, The Wanderer. Okay. That yeah. is a great. But then there was other, like, you know, there a, a song that came off of there that they reinvented live that became yeah. a staple was um, um, Stay Far Away So Close. Yeah. I even like the original version of it, but I, I do like their acoustic live version. Now, I think that's kind of the better. What was the one that you said a lot of people Pop did? is the next one. Pop was okay. I love pop. Okay. Where where YouTube lost where YouTube 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 <laughs> where YouTube lost me was when Apple did a That was later. You know, well, they lost me even before that. So So uh, yeah, okay, they lost me at That pop. was Songs of Innocence. Yeah, that they put that, that Apple put that, that on in everybody's iPhone and And, and it was it was immediately loaded on my phone and net angered me know, so much that U2 would be part of some kind of big, huge marketing but junk. But it really wasn't that unlike them, you know, and honestly. I, that, and I'm not making excuses. It's really not not unlike them. For me, okay. that was the end of U2 yeah. at that I would, right I there. Had, I, and I'm still finding that stupid album loaded on my phone really? this See, day. Really? I never had a problem with it. After, I, I took I, it off years I, ago. I've never had a problem with it. I deleted it. So. I deleted it. I cleared my cache. I got rid of everything. And about every three years or so, I'll be going through my music, mm-hmm. and it's like, why is this frigging album back? No. I I have ever since, I mean, I gave it a listen since I got it for quote-unquote free. Uh, but I had jumped off of them with um, no no line on the horizon was the one for me that I was like I'm done that's I'm done yeah. and uh, you know I really loved all that you can't leave behind one that you know beautiful day and elevation oh, yeah and, okay. know, all that stuff that kind of their the one they put out at, you know at the end of 2000 and then was on tour with whenever 9-11 happened and they played yeah. the Super Bowl and you know it was kind of one of those things where it was like right band right time you know right message type stuff the one after that technically was, that was kind of the end for them well the next one was How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb <sighs> which had Vertigo and and no that I like that let me rephrase that I like about half that album okay yeah uh, there's and that was kind of the okay. Well, you know, it's they've been around twenty five years. This, you know, you might get into a little bit, blah blah. Yeah. It was when No Line on the Horizon came out that I was like, and uh, apparently this is where my fandom for these guys ends. Yeah. <laughs> this is not good, and I have not, I've barely listened to anything since. And then. they've basically retired since then, have they not? No, they're still out doing it. Uh, Are they still out touring yeah, and putting out albums. They, they just put they put out like. Three albums since then, or something like that. Ooh, I, I know. I haven't I know. heard anything about any of them. I know, uh, other than the fact that you know they've toured. You know that's kind of been their big thing. You know, of course, and then all of a sudden popping up in Ukraine to do an impromptu media blitz. You know, with that's, them. That's the other thing I miss yeah. is going to see bands live. Yeah, I just can't stand. You know, it. you know, I used to be a people person, but people ruined that for me, and I just don't like being around crowds of people like that. This last weekend. Anymore? Last weekend. A week ago today as we're recording this, there was a really cool concert in town that I wanted to go to, but I had done the flea market all weekend, and I was like, yeah. I, first off, I'm not going to have time to get out there, but I'd really like to go to it. It was garbage. Oh, I remember seeing advertisements for that. Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, yeah. and the opening act was Metric. Nice. And I was like, that is a lineup I could get behind. Was it Marathon? Uh, no, it was at that uh, whatever that amphitheater is in Franklin. That um, oh yeah, I've never like been the to first that. Horizon. Yeah, or whatever like it is, that. it's like yeah. eh, okay, I could go. 
I really hope the the Gallagher brothers kiss and make up at some point and put Oasis back together so I can see them in concert because I never got a chance to. Yeah, and I really love Oasis. Like I, one of the they're they're one of the few bands that's on my list of. I want to see them. <laughs> you know, like I will go see them. They get back together. You know, I saw there was another concert that was coming. Now, what I will say about this though, Noel Gallagher. All right, I don't know. How, I don't know how much you follow him or anything, but especially in the last, I don't know, seven or eight years, Noel Gallagher is someone I want to meet one day. And th- this is my scenario for this. Okay. Noel Gallagher is that one of those people that I believe that you would meet and like have a conversation. Which one was a guitar player? Noel. Okay, that seems to be the one that I would like. Right, but he's one of those dudes that like I believe this is this is the scenario. You meet, you become friends, you exchange numbers. You might talk to each other every once in a while, you know, just like blah blah blah. And then he's that guy that like four years later, all of a sudden you get a phone call or a text message and it's like, Hey, I'm in town. Come on, let's go hang out. And you're like, do I really want to do this? You're just kind of like, uh, but on top of it all, he's also that random person who just sends like, like the strangest stuff to you. (laughs) Like, where is this coming from? Noel? So basically (laughs) this is like hanging out with you then. Uh, Kinda, but a lot, but but a lot of stuff that like I, you would never get this stuff sent to you because no one else has access to it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> of just like, yeah, uh, sure, we can get together and hang out. Let's let's, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, kinda, I would kind of, I wish he would start his own news service <laughs> where he just comments on the news. Like that's it. Like you'll get your like your daily dose of Noel or whatever, and he just comments on whatever is like the big story in the news. It just like, yeah, yeah. this is what I need in my life right here. <laughs> you know? Okay, <laughs> let's hear. There's, but I figured you know with there was a concert that I saw that I wanted to go see that was coming up, and I don't. There's a few, you know. Uh, uh, is, it the, is it the Rob Zombie Alice Cooper? Uh, that's one of them. Yeah, I know that's kind of like I would. I did see Cooper. Um, and, and I don't know. I guess it was probably in 2019. Actually, I know it was in 2019. And, and I he loved played it. The, he played the Opry House. Yeah. And uh, he was really good. Like I really enjoyed it. You know, I was like, all right, you know. But yeah, that's that that one I saw that 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 Rob Zombie Alice Cooper and I forget who was opening for him. It was there somebody was somebody yeah. that was playing um, at Marathon Music Works. I don't know. And I'm trying to find it. Marathon is kind of a cool... It's kind of... I think it was Seven Dust and somebody. I'd love to go see Seven Dust. I've seen them in concert a couple... Or once. Marathon Music Works... We're getting into like... Sorry, you're getting... Local stuff now. Inside Nashville. Uh, Marathon Music Works is kind of the closest thing to 328 Performance Hall we still have. Or that we have now, you know. And which is terrible because 328 Performance Hall is a great place to see bands play. Uh, Also a great place to lose your hearing. Uh, <laughs> that's why I wore musicians plugs. I tried to tell you. Yeah, well. Um uh, yeah, so yeah, we talked about Michael Jackson's thriller for most of the episode. Uh, <laughs> it's, I know it's we kinda on the on us. the front and the end we kinda got off on some other stuff, but uh Yeah. Uh yeah, definitely um give that album I, I know okay, before we get anyone I'm gonna say this and I've said this about um, a lot of stuff. 
I understand that documentary that came out about Michael Jackson a few years ago. Then I'm not even going to dispute whether it was accurate or not. Whatever. We all knew that Michael Jackson was a weirdo prior to that. Okay, that's kind of one of those things with everything yeah. that had happened in his life. When those allegations, when that thing came out, it was like you're not telling us anything we hadn't already suspected. If, yeah. if this is true, this is not unlike it. Or not, be, I'm not not or been this, told to us by Corey Haynes. Yeah, or, or anybody Corey's or uh, Macaulay. Culkin. But you know, he had already been through two high profile lawsuits yeah. over this stuff and it's one of those things where it's like look some, when something like when that kind of stuff keeps popping up you kind of it's like that line from scream you know that, yeah. that um um you can only hear that that richard that richard your gerbil rumor so many times before it just becomes fact yeah you know and it's like eh, okay uh but the, it wasn't just rumors it was like no man this this stuff this weird stuff keeps happening okay yeah i am by no means dismissing any of it okay but my stance on Michael Jackson's music is the same stance I have for all the other music that I love. If I have to stop listening to music that are made that's made by creeps, I will have no music to listen to. Yeah. Okay? That is just... <laughs> there is that whole, you know, separating the artist from the, the, the work... The music, the music from the, the music artist. from the artist or the movie or whatever it is. Or the book. Know? Yeah, or it's like... I, look... Before anybody ever made those, I was already, I loved this music prior to that. Yeah. It doesn't change the music. It changes my view of Michael Jackson quite a bit. Yeah. But the music itself didn't change because of that. And I, you know, I've had people try to call me out for listening to, to Michael Jackson, you know, in the light of that thing. I'm like, look, it's one of those things that I don't, I, you know, I, I, feel amazingly sorry and for the the i'll say su- the supposed victims because we don't know 100% alleged okay? the alleged victims uh if it's true god i hope they got the right therapy you yeah. know and and you know and the help that they needed but me not it, listening to his music doesn't make it better it's you it's know, not a, it's not tied to the musician, right? It's tied to a certain memory and exactly. time in your life. And again, when you were listening to it, this forty years of it, yeah, you know, I've only had that information for what seven, six, seven years, no, somewhere in there, longer than that. Well, that documentary, well, okay. I, the, now, believe yeah. me, all the rest of it was out there. You know, you go back to the early two thousands, you know, and they had one in the nineties and one in the early two thousands of of trials over all this stuff. Well, you know, lost, you know, and you had. The Corys, both Haim and Feldman talking about it. You had Macaulay yeah. Culkin talking mm, about it. Well, Macaulay never said it, said nothing ever happened though. That's they, it's still the line he's going by today, you know. But it is um, talk about another weirdo. Okay, I mean, let's be honest, you know. Um, but that's kind of par for the course for child actors, you know. But it's just I'm not making excuses for Michael Jackson whatsoever, or for anybody for that matter. I'm just saying that. That information for me does not change the way I listen to the music. Yeah, you know, again, him, I, I we can all agree he was a weirdo, like a first class weirdo, and some maybe even a predator weirdo. But we'll never know for we'll sure. We'll never know for sure. Um, and so it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to condemn the music for 
what he did, what he may or may not have done. You know, again, if you want to, I have no problem with that. I, I have no problem with that. It's, I'm not going to like try to tell you, no, you still need to listen. It's like, no, I get it. You know, there are what, what was that? What was the name of that band from the 2000s where the lead singer was is a convicted pedophile? And I know a lot of people just completely jumped off. I was like, I don't blame you for that. I don't. I I never listened to him. And I most definitely won't now because I don't want that guy getting any kind of residuals off of it. You know, I forget the name of the band. It was it was a metal band from the. Was it Cannibal Corpse? No, 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 no. It was one that I'd never heard of. Oh. Uh, and I mean, it's it's out of that new wave, that new metal, whatever. Not even new metal so much as the early two thousands. Talking about the the Swedish death no, or something? It was, no, it wasn't. No, I'm not, and I'm not going to look it up. I mean, it's just uh, some of you out there probably know. Keep what I'm talking. talking about, um, but you know, I mean, that's one of those things where like everybody's just like, no, screw that guy. You know, that's uh, and and everything, and you you kind of feel sorry for the band members that got caught up in it, but at the same time, you're kind of like, if you're playing a band with somebody, you got to know that kind of stuff's going on. Not necessarily. Not as, maybe you turn a blind eye to it, you know, or, or not see the, or whatever. I don't know. I'm not making allegations here. Uh, but it's just kind of one of those, I just really don't... Lost Profits. That's who it was. Lost Profits. Yep. Got 35 years for... Yep. Um, yes. Yes. That's all you got. 35 years for... Yeah. Child sex abuse offenses. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. I've never even heard of this band. Yeah, they were they were a minor band, but, I mean, it was, they they were on, I think they were, they toured with some people, let's put it that way. They're known, okay? Yeah, that's kind of where we are. I don't know how to, how to, where to like, go from there. Uh, so, go listen to, look, give Thriller another spin. It's well worth listening to. And um, I'm sure you listen to to it on something that's got some subs because yeah. the the kick drum and the bass on it this really does. I was listening to it and rip through. I was listening to this vinyl that I picked up, you know, and and it really was like when I, when I put it on, whenever yeah. after we starting stuff to start off, I was like, wow, this, yeah, this is this is this is moving, man. This is it's yeah, that sounds good through the through those speakers. So, and then everything after it sounded just as, as good or better, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm going to put up, I might put together a playlist or something. I don't know if you don't own thriller, then it's on Spotify and you're, and if you don't know the music on thriller, where have you been for the last 40 years? <laughs> Even if you don't like the music, you heard it because you couldn't get away from it for well, decades. Know, some you know? of these people might be millennials well, or whatever. Gen Z or Gen Alpha. Yeah, or, whatever. I, don't, yeah. I doubt. I highly doubt that. So, <laughs> not listening. Uh, yes, yeah. go. Yeah, not listening to this. Uh, so yeah, go. Uh, as we always say, you know, all of our socials and Discord and everything is in the uh, the show notes. Yeah. Uh, make sure and yeah, sign up for Discord if you will. Drop us, you know, go and. Uh, I, I have been absent from Discord for a while, but there are there's a real lot of life going on, real so. life reasons yeah. going on right and, now. Uh, but uh, yeah, go and join Discord if you haven't. Uh, definitely do us a favor uh, because it does a world of good for us. Is it going? You know, uh, rate us and and drop a a, a review and whatever your podcast yep. your choice is. You know. Obviously, Apple helps us quite a bit since they're kind of the number one, you know, with the aggregate and that kind of stuff. Although, you may want to check out a podcasting 2.0 Yeah, absolutely. I like use, uh, Podcast Guru, Guru. Which is I what use I use. Overcast. I mean, there's 
uh, it's kind of interesting to look at like you know looking at the analytics to see what everybody's listening yeah. to you know Apple obviously is never w- number one but you start looking into what's after that it's like wow we're, we're actually across a lot of stuff yeah so you know there's there's Google and Google gets a lot actually yeah. so uh, overcast does really well as, yeah. as, and um, check out podcast guru that's yeah. the one I like that's the one I've been using for almost a year now I like it real well yeah so all right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, what are we going to go out on? Uh, I think if we don't go out on Thriller, that's going to be I figured a, we were probably going to open with Thriller. But well, okay, <laughs> we can open with Thriller. Well, if we're going to open with Thriller, um, actually, you know what we ought to start with is you want to be starting something. Right, let's do that, and we'll go out on th- go out on Thriller. That. All right, so everybody, enjoy Thriller. You know, if you still got your skates, put them on and start, you know, try not to break your neck. Yeah. <laughs> or hip. All right. <laughs> I am Big Dave. (laughs) And I am Alan Smith. And we will see you next time. See ya. too close to it <laughs> I, I got i got to the venue late i had to stand against the back wall yeah and even standing against the back wall when the subs hit my shirt would move yeah i you weren't you weren't a shiny shirt were no it was a <laughs> just a white t-shirt oh, your bowling shirts and things. no <laughs> i had given trying up to, trying to figure out which era of dave this was <laughs> i'd already given up the bowling shirts at that point so uh yeah but yeah yeah, yeah anyway